Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Thank you for educating, training your people in the church. Lord, we don't come to churches for social. But we come to learn, to be trained, to be better, to move from glory to glory, to become more and more godly and like Christ. We want, Lord, to be your representative on earth who know your word. We are not just hearers of the word, but we are the doers of the word of God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today, I would like to talk about the importance of living a life of fruitfulness and a life of victory. And the, one of the keys to live a life of victory is to learn how to let go of the past disappointments, past pains and hurts, past failures and sins, and also past success. God has a new beginning for us every single day. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. Today is a new day, and God has something new for us today, and God wants to do new things to us every single day, every single year, now, not yesterday, not 10 years from now. I preach this from my personal experience. This morning, I read the sermon again to reveal what I'm going to teach today. I told Pastor Da this morning that, wow, I can preach this sermon with more confidence now because I have experience of what the Bible says. That God has new beginning in store for us every single day. If we don't let go of the old, we cannot experience the new. Maybe your prayer did not get answered and you feel very disappointed. Maybe you were cheated out of your promotion. Maybe somebody did wrong to you and hurt your feeling. Maybe you suffer a miscarriage or divorce or your boyfriend dumped you and walk away with another lady. But whatever happened to you in the past, if you want to move on to be fruitful and to be productive for God, you need to understand that you cannot hang on to the old. You need to move to the new that God has in store for you. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, the Bible says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, everyone say now. now. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Another translation should say, Shall you not perceive it? I will even make a road in the wilderness. Wow, making a road in the wilderness is a miracle. It's not easy. And rivers in the desert. That is even more miracle. To make rivers in the desert. Our God is the God of the lost and found. Our God is the God of restoration. Our God is the God of miracle. The Bible says that God is doing new things for us now. Today, not next week, not next year, but now. And then God asks us, do you perceive this? Do you know it? Do you see it that I'm doing the new things? We cannot see what God is doing new things in our life. We cannot see the new beginning as long as we keep looking back, as long as we keep holding on to the past. As long as we are dwelling on the past disappointments, 
past pains and hurts, God can take the evil, turn it around, and make it good for us. Amen. Our God is a miracle-working God. He has something new for us every single day. So we have to trust God. He wants to change us from glory to glory to glory, and He wants us to bear much fruit. We need to have a vision of victory every single day. We should not look back to the old day. We should live our life with faith and expectancy. Do you realize that God has good things in store for you every single day? Are you letting the pain of yesterday destroy the hope of your tomorrow? Let go of the past. But the trick of the enemy is to keep us focusing on our past disappointment, past pain, past failure, and past mistake. He knows that as long as we are looking backward, looking to the old, looking to the past failure, we're going to have a negative frame of mind. We're going to be bitter. We're going to be self-pity. And we're going to question God all the time. And we will never enter into the new chapter of life, the new beginning of life. We will never be able to get into the promised land. Because as long as we are dwelling on the past failure, we will poison our future. But you may say, Pastor, I have done so many wrong things in my life. I have hurt so many people. It's very hard for me to move on and get going. You feel so condemned. You feel so guilty. Don't let the devil put guilt and condemnation in you. You know why? Because somebody has paid the price. If somebody already had paid the price, you don't need to pay. And the person who paid the price for you, pay in full, is the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, If you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if you repent, you confess, it's done deal. God doesn't remember your sin anymore. You don't need to live in guilt and condemnation anymore. In Psalm chapter 103, verses 11 to 12, For as the heavens are higher above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east from the west, so far has He removed our transgression from us. When we repent and confess our sin, God throw our sin away. He doesn't remember our sin anymore. It will be far away from us, like from the west to the east. If God doesn't remember our sin, why do we remember our past mistake, our past disappointment and failure? We should forget about it. We should move on with life. We should depend on the grace of God. The grace of God is free. God's grace is to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Therefore, quit living in guilt and condemnation. Amen. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If anyone reminds you of your past mistakes and past sin, I want to let you know it is not from God. It is the work of the enemy. You must learn to let guilt and condemnation bounce off you. You must learn how to shake off the guilt and condemnation out of you and move on with life to the new beginning and the future that God has for you. 
This is what the Bible says for all of the children of God. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Notice that God did not say, If you never make mistake, then I give you a good plan. God did not say, if you never sin, you never fail in your life, then I have a good plan for you. But the Bible says, no matter what happened in the past, no matter how many failures you face, no matter how many disappointments you were having, you are qualified to have a good plan for your life. My plan for you is for your future and it's the hopeful plan for you. I have a best plan for your life because you are my children. I can take your tragedy and change it into triumph. No matter what comes against you, I always have a good plan for you because you are my sons and my daughters. How many parents in this room want to see this in your children? Number one, you want them to grow up to become mature. Number two, you want them to prosper and be successful. Is that right? No parents in the world want children to fail and to be immature forever. God wants us to grow up, and God wants us to be successful and prosperous. That is the heart of our Father. He has a good plan for our life. Amen? But what we need to do is to do our homework. We must do our part first. The part that we need to do is to quit dwelling on the past. We need to stop living with the negative mindset. We need to stop complaining about the past mistake and start to experience the bright future, the fruitfulness that God has prepared for us. We need to do our part. Don't look back. Move on with God. Amen? Nobody can change God's plans for your life. The devil cannot change God's plan in your life. Your spouse cannot change God's plan for your life. Your boss cannot change God's plans in your life. All the power of hell cannot change God's plan for your life. But there's one person that can change God's plans for your life. is yourself. If you keep dwelling on the past, living in the past all the time, hold on to the past, you cannot move to the future. What you need to do to get into the plan of God is to let go of the past and start to experience the bright future that God has for you. Amen? No matter what setback you have in your life, you need to let go. Let go of the old so that you can experience the new. Amen? How many people face setbacks in your life? I face setbacks in your life. I face failure in my life. Setbacks and failures are common to human beings. All of us have a share of those setbacks in our life. How many people face disappointment? I face disappointment. We all have some bad days in life. Maybe some of you have been cheated and you lost your job even though you worked so hard in your workplace. Even though you lost your job, God doesn't change the plan for your life. God still loves you and has the best plan for your life. Maybe your spouse walk out on you and get another person. It's terrible and it's painful. And it's hard to forgive and move on with life But I want to encourage all of you. You need to quit mourning over what you lost. You need to shake yourself off all those 
depression and sadness rise up and go on with life so that you can be fruitful again. In Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3, the Bible says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Another translation says, To bestow on us a crowd of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This scripture talking about exchange. Ashes represent what is left over after everything has burned up. Ashes represent our broken dreams, our disappointments, our hurts and pains in the past, our failures. And we all have our own chairs of ashes in our life. We need to understand that in order for God to give us the crowd of beauty, in order for God to give us the new future, we need to let go of the ashes. You cannot hold on to the edge, put on your head, and wait for the beauty to come at the same time. You need to get it off, the ashes, the past failure, the past broken dream, and move on with life. You need to forgive those who hurt you. You need to get rid of the bitterness, and move on with God. And let God give you the exchange that He will take the ashes from you and give you the crown of beauty. Beginning a new life again. Start afresh again every single day. His mercy is a love anew every single morning. You may say, Pastor, I don't think I can forgive them. They hurt me so much. You don't understand my feeling. Yes, it's a high price to pay to forgive those who hurt you. But if you remember this, that God has a new beginning for you. God has the best plan for your life. Let go of the edges and start to get the beauty into your life. Get the joy of the Holy Spirit in and get rid of all the mourning out of your life. Amen? Amen. You may say, I pray and pray and pray, but God did not answer my prayer. I did not understand. Don't worry about understanding. Just trust God and move on with God. Back in the Bible days, when people were mourning, or going through some tragedies and calamities, they would put ashes on the top of their head, and they would sit in the ashes for the time of their sorrow. They learned how to express their feelings. But they were taught in that generation that this thing had to go on only for a certain period of time. After finishing the time of sorrow, they had to get up and get going again. The same with us today. We need to learn how to get going after going through a time of sorrow. Yes, we have setback. Yes, we have losses in life. And it is normal to have a period of sorrow. It's normal to have a period of crying and feeling so bad. But we should not change or extend the period of sorrow into the lifetime of sorrow. If you live a lifetime of sorrow with pain and hurt, with bad attitude, you will never get to the bright future that God has prepared for you. We need to get rid of all the negative attitude. Put on the oil of joy of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's look at one example in the Bible. The book of Job chapter 2 verse 7. Satan attacked Job. The Bible says, So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord 
and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Job was attacked by Satan with terrible sickness. The whole body filled with painful boils. One attack after another one and after another one. He lost his kids. He lost his business. He lost all the animals. His physical health was attacked by Satan. Terrible things happened to him one after another. Look at verse eight. And he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself. Why he sat in the midst of the ashes. This is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. After we get attacked by the enemy, you know that the devil will come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and give it more abundantly, give it to the full. So Satan will try to attack us, try to destroy our relationship, destroy our finances, our health. If we listen to him in those times of troubles and calamities. And sit in the ashes for all the days of our life, we will never get anywhere. We will never see the victory, and we will never become fruitful. We will have a pity party, give up, and sit in the ashes all the time. Then the whole life full of bitterness, full of sadness and sorrow. Yes, we are sorrowful for the loss for a period of time, but. That depression need to get over, need to go away from our life as soon as possible. We should not live in a pity party kind of attitude. Don't let the enemy deceive us to sit down in the middle of the ashes like Job for a long time. It's okay to go through a season of mourning, but don't let him change it into the lifetime of mourning. Look at another example in the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four. Moses died at the age of 120 years old. Moses was a great leader for that generation. I believe that the children of Israel were very sad. Moses did so many good things for them. He was their deliverer. He went into Pharaoh to speak to Pharaoh for them. He prayed for them. He repented for them. He interceded for them. He was standing in front of all the army of Israel. And put up the rod and parted the Red Sea for them. He called the water out of the rock for them. He was the man that helped them all these many years, and I believe that these children of Israel loved him dearly. But it came the time when Moses died in Deuteronomy chapter 34. I believe that they faced a tremendous sense of loss and sadness and sorrow. They were very heartbroken. Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four, verse eight, the Bible say, "And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab, thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Everyone say ended. God allowed them to mourn and cry and weep for thirty days. After thirty days, it must be over. You must get up and get going." No more crying and mourning and have pity party. Joshua chapter one verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise. In other words, get up, go over this Jordan, you and 
all these people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Why did God start off His conversation with Joshua? Moses was dead. The children of Israel and Joshua knew that Moses was dead. They wept and they were mourning for 30 days already. They knew. Why did God say Moses was dead? Because outwardly they stopped mourning, but inwardly, mentally inside, they were still dwelling on the past pain and disappointments. They were still thinking about Moses. If Moses had been with us, it would be better. They were thinking about the past. They would keep looking back. They were not looking forward to the bright future, the promised land that they should have possessed. My dear brother and sister, God said to you the same thing. Many of you are in the same situation like the children of Israel. God saying to you today, you have mourned long enough over that boyfriend that dumped you a few months ago. You have mourned long enough for the loss of your income many years ago when the stock market crashed. You have thought about those things long enough. Stop mourning. Rise up. Get going. Moving into the promised land that I have prepared for you so that you can be fruitful, so that I can use you more. Stop looking back. Look forward to the bright future that I have in store for you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. In other words, God told Joshua and the children of Israel, don't look back anymore. Don't look to the right because if you look to the right, your friend is going to tell you, oh, let's cry. Moses is dead already. We're not going to make it to the promised land. You look to the left, you saw another person complaining. God said, look forward to the vision. Have the vision of success. Have the vision of fruitfulness. Look at my word. I have a lot of promises in the Bible. Look at the promises in the Bible and walk by faith. And you're going to be prosperous. You're going to take over the land. You're going to be fine. Don't look back anymore. Don't look back, don't look to the right, don't look to the left. Some of you are like the children of Israel right now. You have been mourning too long, more than 30 days. You don't realize that you have been holding on to the ashes. And God wants to exchange those ashes with beauty. God wants to give you a new beginning today. God wants to give you the bright future. God has the promised land prepared for you. Amen? I've been running this church for more than 20 years now. Oh, I tell you, Pastor and Pastor Da faced so many disappointments, many heartaches, many problems and setbacks. But God is a good God. When we forget about those things, we move on. God is a God of restoration. He can bring back what the devil stole from us. Restore us everything and give us even more than what we lost. He's a good God. Amen. Let's give the hand to God. Quit crying about something that you cannot change. Quit being depressed about something that already done. The past is the past. What, is, what was done is done. And don't look back anymore. We are not 
people who are without hope. We are Christians. We have the God of hope. Is that right? Our God is the God of hope. So even though the past was failure, but we have the hope of the bright future. We have hope in our heart because we have the God of hope. We can exchange the ashes into beauty, and God's plan does not change, even though you face failure in the past year. God's plan for your life does not change, even though your dream have been broken and shattered. God still have the best plan for your life for tomorrow, for today. Amen. Don't live in the past anymore. God has great thing in store for you. Let go of the past. Don't get trapped in the past disappointment. You may be discouraged and down right now, but I want God to speak to you today. Stop being down and discouraged. Being joyful. Believe in the victory that God has prepared for you. You may say, "I have been praying and praying for God to help me out of this debt, out of this unemployment. I'm praying. God doesn't listen to me. I'm not very happy right now." I'm waiting for God to do something for me, but God is saying to you today, He is waiting for you to do something first. Before God can move for you, you need to do something first. And what you need to do is to let go of the past disappointments, past hurts, and pains, and suffering, and sin, and failure, and start to have a vision of victory. Start to see the promised land that God has prepared for you. Stop complaining. Stop having a pity party, and move on with life. In the Bible, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, the word of God say, "Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Rise out of the ashes. Get going, moving on with life. Don't live in the past anymore." Change your focus. Don't stay focused on the past failure, but focus on the promise of God, on what God wants to do in your life, so that you can be fruitful, so that you can have victory in life. Amen. As long as you dwell on your past disappointment and you keep mourning over your loss, you will not be able to receive the new things that God prepared for you. Your hands are so full already. If your hand is so full, you cannot receive new thing. You have no hand to carry more. You need to let go, so your hand will be empty and receive the new things from God. You know, trusting God means that you believe that He is faithful, even though you don't get the answer of your question. Many of you are deceived by the devil to live in the mode of we call WHY. Why did this happen to me? You know, sometimes I was thinking, why was I born in Thailand, not in America, so I can speak English without accent? <laughs> That word devastated. It's hard for me. Why was I born speaking Thai, not English, as my primary language, mother tongue language? Why, 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 why? And God said to me, "You don't need to know the answer. It's my business, not your business." What you need to do, not to get the answer of your why, but you need to trust me and move on with your life and don't look back anymore, because I have the good plan in store for you. Keep moving. Don't keep asking why. 
People who live in the why mode <laughs> will have a very frustrated life. Number one. Number two. If you keep asking why, the devil will pull you to look back all the time. Why in the back? Why the past? Why? So you cannot get the new things that God has prepared for you because you keep looking back about why. Why did? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? You keep asking why, and God is not going to give you the answer no matter what. Amen. You don't need to get the answer. You just keep moving on with life. Hold on to the promise of God. This one situation happened to King David. I read the scripture to you. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 15 to 23. Then Nathan departed to his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day, it came to pass that the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm, mean harm to himself. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. So David arose. Everyone say, Arose. From the ground, watched and anointed himself, and changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and when he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate. This is an interesting story. A child of a son of King David was very sick because he committed adultery. He killed the husband of that lady as well. The Lord punished him, spanked him. And while the child was so sick on the bed, for seven days he was laying on the floor, crying, weeping, interceding, asking God for mercy. He said that perhaps... God might have shown mercy to my child and healed him. But after seven days, God did not answer. Even the servant of David were worried about him, asked him to get out of the floor and go eat because you haven't eaten for seven days already. But eventually David found out that the child was dead. And he noticed that the servant were talking, whispering to one another. They dare not tell David, because they did not want David to blow up and got very mad and kill himself because of his sin and past mistakes. He made a big mistake of committing adultery. What happened? After he found out that the child was dead, he rose up. He changed his clothes. He anointed himself with oil. This is a good story that we need to learn. He ate and he moved on with life. And the servant asked him, 
When the child was alive, you were weeping and you were praying. But now he is dead. Why you are not weeping anymore? And look at his answer in verse 22. And he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, and he shall not return to me. What King David tried to say is, the past is the past. He's dead. I'm going to meet him in heaven one day because I believe in God. He's in heaven right now. I'm going to go and meet him in heaven, but I cannot get his life back. My past is the past. I cannot change it. I'm not going to dwell on the past disappointments. I'm not going to sit in the ashes of my life forever. I rise up, take off the cloth of depression, the cloth of mourning. I will anoint myself with the oil of the Holy Ghost, with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. He, he, he. And I will get a new dress. The Bible says in the book of Colossians and Ephesians, let's clothe ourselves with Jesus Christ. The mercy, the love, and the compassion of God. I'm going to clothe myself with a new cloth, the cloth of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to get up, go in, and move on with my life. I have a bright future before me, waiting for me from the Lord. God's plan has not changed for my life after I lost my child. I'm not going to stay in the mode of depression for the rest of my life. And you notice one thing also in this scripture. David did not even question God. David did not complain. David did not have a pity party. David did not say, God, why, 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 why? He just got up and moved on and going to go into the bright future that God has prepared for him. In Psalm chapter 131, verses 1 to 3. The Bible say, O Lord, this is what King David say. O Lord, my heart is not conceited. My eyes do not look down on others. I am not involved in things too big or too difficult for me. I like that. I agree with that. Instead, I have kept my soul calm and quiet. My soul is content as a weaned child is content in its mother's arm. Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and forever. King David encouraged us that in the times of hardship and disappointment, let us calm our spirit. Don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. Don't be mourning and disappointed and be bitter and upset with anybody or with God. Don't dwell in the mourning mode all the days of your life. You cannot change the past. No matter what happened to you, let us focus on the victory that God has for us. Let us focus on the new things that God is preparing for us. Don't look back anymore. Let's move on with life. Rise up, cross the Jordan River, and get into the promised land. Don't change your period of mourning into the lifetime of mourning. Amen? This is a choice you have to make. I'm teaching you, but you make your own choice. You can either choose to be negative or you can choose to be positive and move on with life. You can choose to shrink back, give up, and stay on the disappointment 
or you can choose to rise up, get going, cross the Jordan River, and get into the Promised Land. Make a decision today, and all the days of your life, that you're going to fulfill the destiny that God has for you. God has a great destiny for you. You need to forget the past. God is faithful, and God keep His promise. You need to do your part first by letting go of the past failure and past disappointment. Let me ask you a few questions before I close this sermon. Are you holding on to any edges in your life? Is there any area in your life that you're still dwelling on in the past, focusing on the past disappointment? Are you still dwelling on your past dead relationship, dead dream, dead goal, dead marriage? Or are you going to move on and say, God, I'm going to start all over again? Maybe you face divorce and you're still praying for your spouse to repent and come back. Yes, you can keep praying, but don't look back. You start new life. Move on. Whether he come back or not, you have to move on with your life and don't dwell in the past any longer. Rise up out of your edges. Go on to the new beginning that God has for you. Don't mourn any longer. Rejoice. Put in a new cloth. Anoint your head with oil and start to eat and rejoice in the Lord your God. Cross over the Jordan and get into the promised land. Amen? How many people want to do this, what I preach today? Why don't we grab that old thing in your hand right now? Throw it. <laughs> grab the edges. Throw it away. Now open your hand. Receive the beauty. Oh, from the Lord. God give you beauty. Amen. Future. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Before I close this service, I would like to share with you one of the very important foundation of the Christian walk. We talk all about victory, about God love us, God has the best plan for us. But in order to enter into the new chapter of our life, you know, God one day speak to me. I, sometimes I have an inventory of my life, look back what happened in 1993, what happened in 1994, and see things that I want to learn in my life. And God spoke to me one day that, you know, son, tell my people, you know, like a book, you have chapters, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and to the last chapter. I am bringing my people and you into different chapters. And in chapter, I add on something, teach you some lesson train you, and then you can get to the next chapter, much more difficult, until you graduate, when the Lord Jesus comes back. So you'll get into the new chapter. But in order to get into that work of the Lord, the door that we get in, Jesus said that, I'm standing at the door and knock, and if you open the door, I will come in and work with you, and die with you, eat with you. The key of coming into that relationship is not to be a member of the church. It's not to stand in the choir and sing. It's not just going to care group and know the Bible. The key is that our relationship with God is broken because human beings are sinners. We sin. I sin. You sin. 
Sometimes I get mad at somebody. I want to kick, kick his. I'm a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. So every time I get mad at somebody, I want to use side kick, front kick, and I still cannot do it. I learned for many years. I can protect myself. Taekwondo. That is sin because you don't want to forgive people. You hate people. You don't like somebody. We all sin. And sin separates us from the living God. So God gives us the door to get into the way. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Religions cannot help us to go back to God. Good education cannot help us to go back to God. We need the way. And that way is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came into the world 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross to pay for your sin and my sin. He took it and He said, I forgive you if you repent, if you turn away from your sin, you reconcile with me. Now you can come and have relationship with me and my Father. The key to get into the victory of Christian life, number one, is to repent. Number two, is to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a relationship. This is not a religion. Jesus died for us so that we can have relationship with Him and with the Father. Religion cannot help you. Only God can help you. He paid for you. Let me ask this question. If I throw a, a rock on your house and break the glasses or the window of your house, who has to pay for that window? Me. Is that right? But if you say, I forgive you, if you say sorry and let's become friends because you repent, who's going to pay for that window? You pay for the window because you forgive me. The same thing. God wants to forgive us, but our sins have to be paid. We have to pay for the penalty of sin. Every religion says the same thing. If you sin, you have to pay. You have to pay for your sin. And as God forgives us, He pays for us. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross, the shedding of the blood of Jesus on the cross is to pay for our sin. And when we say, yes, Lord, I receive that payment, then our sins are forgiven. We become the righteousness of God and we can go to heaven. And now we can start to walk into the promised land. Now we can walk into the newness of life, into the new beginning of life by Christ Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, whoever is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old have passed away and the new has come. When you have relationship with Jesus, you begin a new life every single day. God is a God of new beginning every single day. Amen? I want to make sure that you have relationship with Jesus. How many people want to have relationship with Jesus and accept His forgiveness? Raise your hand up. Say, I want my sin forgiven. Raise your hand up. Wave your hand. Move your hand. Wave your hand. Yes, yes, yes. You want Jesus to forgive you. Amen? Okay. Let's confess with our mouth. God said that salvation comes from believing in the heart and confess with our mouth. We need to believe in the heart and confess with our mouth. Let's confess together. Father in heaven, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that I am a sinner by nature. But Jesus Christ, make me righteous 
He paid for my sin. I am forgiven. Now I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You are my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Live on the inside of me. From today on, I start new things. You have the new beginning for me. I let go of the past. I'm going to move on with my life. I rise out of the ashes. I get going. Move on with my life. You will guide me. You will show me the way. From today on, I am entering into the promised land. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Congratulations. I want to encourage you one more thing before we have lunch together. Faith is something that we need to work on to grow. I remember when I was a boyfriend of Pastor Da long time ago. We were about 16 years old. I approached Pastor Da about 15 years old. Don't do like me, okay? <laughs> you need to grow up a little bit more. That was still an unbeliever. We were boyfriend and girlfriend when we were only 15, 16 years old. But by the time I finished the high school, I was able to go to France to study, to Paris, to study medicine. I was number one in my class in French. And it's a free scholarship. I don't have to pay back. I think very hard. Go to France, having good time, learning medicine, become a doctor, or lose my girlfriend. I chose my girlfriend. I did not go. You know why? I did not go. Because I know that relationship needs some effort to build. If I disappear from Thailand for 10 years, somebody <laughs> going to get on her. I'm going to lose her for sure. I need to work on the relationship. Huh? You're going to lose me too? <laughs> I may marry some French girl, Merci beaucoup or something. The same thing with God. You need to go to church. You need to fellowship with Christians to build that faith on going. If you don't go to church, you don't fellowship with Christians, your faith is going to die and you're going to lose your boyfriend named Jesus. If you want to keep your boyfriend named Jesus, you need to go to church. You need to fellowship with him. Go to care group, study the Bible, hang out with Christians, keep building your faith. I mean, remember my story about France. If you're going to stay home on Sunday, remember that. You need to go to church. Amen? <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for this teaching, reminding us not to dwell on the past disappointment and pains and failure. Lord, we're going to move on from now on to the new bright future that you have for us. You're such a good father. We are your sons and daughters. You love us so much, Lord. You want us to be fruitful in this life. 
to bear fruit and give you all the glory and honor, great fellowship, love, compassion, mercy, and forgiveness will flood into this church, Lord. We thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Turn to each other and say, "God loves you so much." Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To a m o r gathered in your name, I live to. You.